Uh, wow, is it good to see you all. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of uh, what we're doing here. Um, I've got some dear friends I want you to say wave at. This is Dan and Vicki Bufford. Hey, Dan and Vicki. Yep, yep. They're dear friends. And actually, Dan is related to Lisa. Uh, they're cousins and... Uh, Really cool that they're here. So, and there's Olive. Hi, Olive. Hello. Hello. Um, we're going to have a lot of kid noise. And you know what I think about that? I think it's wonderful. I welcome the kid noise. It is life. And, and so, please don't let that make you uncomfortable. So, the transition is going to be a little bumpy, but it'll work. And uh, I'm excited. So, here's some stuff I want to begin with. Just want to say Happy Father's Day. Uh, what what a special day. Now, you may not know this, but on June 17, in 2007, we had our first official uh, service as Christchurch on Father's Day. And so that was uh, a special, certainly a special day for me and Lisa and our family and those that began the journey with us. And then today, we're, we're reopening on Father's Day, so it's cool. Thank you guys so much. Um, now, Anna and Daniel are here, and um, if you have not read Daniel Ledbetter's post that, that just came out, I want to encourage you to read it, especially in view of Father's Day. Uh, Daniel's testimony is, uh, got a lot of tears in that testimony, and uh, uh, his father left him, and his grandfather became his daddy is what happened and and his grandfather was known as pops and pops just passed away and he was how old daniel 90 94 and man good life and fought the good fight of faith strong believer walked with the lord and helped uh build daniel's faith so uh, visitation wednesday 5 30 to 7 30 roller mcnutt and conway and then there's going to be the um funeral on Thursday. I think 1 o'clock Thursday? 10 o'clock Thursday. Okay. And uh, uh, Daniel, that, that, that's a powerful event for you, I know. really is. So hearts are with you on that one. Um, uh, something that's very, very important, and a lot of sensitivities are going into this announcement, but in view of what's happening with Black Lives Matter, with uh, rioting in our nation and the discovery and the evidence that Antifa is fueling so much of the riots and actually providing kind of an, uh, an inciting kind of dynamic on these things. Uh, America is being shaken to her core. And in many ways, we're, we're forced to redefine and look at things in fresh ways. And so as a part of that, what we want to do as Christchurch is engage in really meaningful and intentional conversation about race, racism. What is it? What's the evidence for racism? I know I, I for one, have experienced reverse racism. Clear case, un, un, undeniable case of racism. And it was, you know what, for me, it was really a small matter, but it stung. And it was a small matter at one time. Uh, are there African-Americans, blacks, who feel the reverse, and they deal with chronic evidence of racism, and it's ongoing, nonstop. 
And the answer is, for many, yes. Others, probably not. I don't know. How do you get the facts? Super hard to get the facts. So, Monday night, tomorrow night, 6 p.m., Stephen Mung is going to be host of a live panel on Facebook. Uh, we're going to have a Little Rock police officer here. And what's the perspective of Little Rock? This officer, anyway. He will not be an official representative of you know, Little Rock Police Department. But what's the perspective of a cop? We're going to have a Chris Cross is going to be here. And he's, he's black, school teacher, choir director. He's been involved in um, uh, teaching adolescents for, what, 15, 20 years, something like that. Um, our own Rosalind Sanders, uh, she's black, PhD candidate in uh, psychology. She's going to be here. Uh, other folks are going to be here to engage in an honest and probably at times painful and uncomfortable conversation that needs to happen. Okay? We've got to talk. You just got to talk, okay? And uh, you can be a part of that and engage live on Facebook and send in a question, comment, and they'll, uh, the panel will, will address that. So it's going to be a big deal, and I want you guys to, to be a part of that. So, all right. Regarding Grace Counseling Clinic, man, we're going great guns. It is busy, but we do have some openings. And so if you know of somebody that is uh, in need of some encouragement in that area, just see Tammy right there. And if you go to our website, uh, Tammy's the brains of the outfit, and she'll, she'll get it taken care of. And um, you, can, you can see her email address there, and, and she'll get you taken care of, okay? All right, now, wow, this means so much. I want to engage in Hebrews 10. Get your Bibles out, click, turn to it, open it up, Hebrews 10. And I have been, I've been thinking and praying, Lord, what, what do you want me to focus on that's going to address meaningfully the body of Christ going through this pandemic, or if you're a conspiratorialist, a plandemic, depends on how you see it. Thank you for the grin through the mask, I saw it. Um, what, what do we have, what about the body of Christ? What are we learning? What's going on here? And so what I wanna do is give you a little bit of an introduction to Hebrews and then prep to read verses 19 to 25. So here's what's, what's important to know. When Hebrews was written, there was very significant and ongoing persecution of the church, all right? To the point that uh, people were losing property and in the Greco-Roman world, the idea of you having rights, it, not, not so much, okay? Unless you're a Roman citizen. And if you were a Roman citizen, then you did have some privileges. But even still, as a Roman citizen, uh, you could know what we would consider to be deep abuse, all right? By the way, the Roman government issued, on many occasions, prohibitions to social gatherings, all right? They forbade meetings because they, they learned that these Christians were having clandestine meetings, and they were meeting at night, and and sharing meals together, and the, the government worried that they may be talking about anti-imperial ideas. And what's up with this guy that rose from the dead? That sounds mysterious, mythological. And oh, they called him Lord? Oh, interesting. 
That's a descriptor that was used for, for the emperor. Let's just shut down the meetings. And they would do that. And uh, what I'm trying to tell you, uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't a pleasant cakewalk to be a follower of Jesus in the first century world, especially uh, when you moved into key cities that were very, very aggressive toward odd new gatherings or religious expressions. They were very concerned about those things. So with that in mind, they knew isolation. They knew the sting of, of uh, abuse and repression. So let me read this, 19 to 25. This is what God's word says. Therefore, brothers, and the implication is sisters as well. Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he inaugurated for us through the veil that is his flesh, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more, as you see the day drawing near. An amazing text, encouraging a church to meet again or continue meeting when it was very difficult and even dangerous to do so. By the way, this is a verb-rich paragraph. It is verb after verb after verb, participles. And if you remember participle, that's a word that says, hey, this is something we do all the time. Not sometimes, we do it all the time. It's very normal for us to do this stuff. And so let me give you a couple of key ideas here that I think are really important for you to get. All right, first, I want you to look at this idea about being sprinkled and being washed. The verb for sprinkles, passive. You know why? Because that's something God does. God is the only one that can clear a conscience. Okay? Um, uh, I'm not sure if you've, because of the COVID-19 and all the regulations, if you've had anxiety about getting COVID on you, and at which time you're very motivated to take a shower. Let's assume that's true. Or, you know, where's the, the, where's the alcohol pump? And you want to get the alcohol. You, just, you need to be clean and you want to be COVID-free, and we get that. And by the way, we're really good at worrying. Our brains are made for that, actually. It's a survival system God gave us. And so we, we have this need to be clean. But I want you to get the first idea I want you to draw on is that, that the idea of a clear conscience is something only God gives, all right? It's a passive verb. You are sprinkled clean. It's something God accomplishes for you, all right? Now, but watch this. And then it says, and our bodies washed with pure water. Uh, Patch, there's your middle voice verb. You know what that means? For your own sake, you need to get in the baptistry. <laughs> so God cleanses the soul. You need to get in the water, is what he's saying. 
God cleanses the soul, but you need to get in the water. In other words, it's a middle voice verb, which means for your own sake. You need to take being clean seriously. All right. Now, you know, we're we're Protestant Christians and we believe in one baptism and that's it. And certainly you get that out of Ephesians, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. But did you know in the early church they would have sometimes multiple baptisms? All right. And some Christian communities would even practice daily baptism. Can you imagine starting your day with a baptism as a part of cleansing yourself to, to walk with the Lord? Some of the early followers of Jesus did that. Now, I'm not advocating that, but I'm telling you, we need to be clean, you know? And by the way, um, I'm not sure if you've sensed this. I'm just asking the question. You don't have to respond. When you stop church, sometimes accountability kind of drops. Does that make sense? And sometimes you think, well, maybe we don't have to take our faith so seriously. Things just kind of, just kind of do a downgrade. It's not maybe intentional, but, but maybe sometimes these things happen. You know, it's good, it's good to know that we can be clean, all right? We can be clean again. I love that. It's beautiful. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope. Uh, that's, I want you to get a hold of something here, confession. The idea here is that you remember the special prayer you prayed when you became a follower of Jesus. Do you remember what you said? Did it have something to do with Jesus being Lord? Does that make sense? Did it have something to do with him being in you, the mystery of something new happening inside of you? Yeah, this is what he's talking about. He's saying, remember the, the words you said when you were born again. The things you said about Jesus being Lord and that he is, he, he's, you're going to follow him and he's inside of you. He said, hold fast to that. Lay hold of that with a kind of hope that doesn't waver, that's stable and mature. And I love this. For he who promised is faithful. This is, this is, this is beautiful to me. The word promised is a special word and it means this. God is making a promise, you ready? Not for your sake, but for his. Not for your sake, but for his. It's a middle voice verb, and it describes God choosing to make a promise because it's important to him. You know why? He loves you and wants an amazing relationship with you. So God makes promises because it's important to him, and he wants to have an amazing relationship with us. And then uh, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, uh, as is the habit of some people. This is no American standard. Does somebody have either King James or ESV? What does it say about, about people who kind of don't take church seriously? It's, what's the translation? What do you have, Janice? Uh, on verse 25? Yeah. Yeah. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the matter of some is. Okay, as the matter. As the matter of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day. Good. Anybody else on the translation? What do you have? Anybody? ESV. Yeah, what does it say? Not forsaking our own assembling together as is the habit of some. Habit, okay. NES habit. 
Hey, man. Anybody else? Custom is in the ASB. Custom. Oh, that, that's really interesting. Yeah, custom's good. Um, so here's the, the actual Greek word is ethos. All right. Do we have any attorneys here? Any attorneys? I, I don't think. Well, excuse me, you do. Dan, you're an attorney. Okay. This is interesting about attorneys. When you're in a courtroom, all right, and you're going to try to win your case, you win on through three types of argument. All right. Number one, logos. Now think, we think Roman attorneys right now, okay? Logos, you know what that means? The facts. What are the facts? You know, car accident, well, who is at fault? Get the facts, number one. And then secondly, ethos. Ethos, which means the character, the customs, the habit, and the lifestyle of the person. So logos, ethos, and the last one, pathos. Appeal to emotion. And if you're a good attorney, You'll argue on all three levels, logos, ethos, pathos, facts, character, and feelings. And you'll persuade the jury, and you win your case. That's how they would do it in, in Rome. Paul uses that very word, ethos. Don't forsake the assembling of yourselves, as is the ethos of some people who follow Jesus. The character, the thing inside of them that says it's okay and normal to do this. He said, be careful with that. Why? Well, it's really simple because we need each other. Yeah, we need each other. That's why. Now, does that mean you have to meet with the body of Christ every Sunday, 10 a.m., right here at this spot? No exceptions? Of course not. The body of Christ is much bigger than a time slot in one place, and you can still have healthy interaction with the body of Christ and be a follower. But there's something about the commitment to assemble together and as you see the day drawing near. So, all right, let's look at this. Uh, just real quick on the screens, I want you to kind of see this in simple kind of concepts. Uh, the first thing, he's saying, hey, we need to get confident. Get confident. So brothers, sisters, since we have confidence, okay, to enter the holy place, so let's push that idea. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're taking a fever to see if you've got COVID. Take a quick scan. You've got confidence? Do you have confidence in your relationship with God? Do you, do you approach God as though he's someone who's uh, pretty ticked off at you? <laughs> pretty ticked off, or worse yet, he just doesn't care. He's indifferent to you, or he's mad. Or, on Father's Day, do you understand that you can get confident that you can come to the holy place and meet with God, who's an everlasting father and a prince of peace. And you can come like a child that lovingly runs to mom or dad and, and finds home on, on dad's lap or mom's lap. Makes sense? And that is accomplished through Jesus Christ and only through Jesus Christ, all right? So we can get confident, all right? Also, we can get closer. Let us draw near. Let us draw near with a sincere heart, uh, full of faith, assured in our faith. The idea of drawing near, um, I, I, I'm not sure where you are in your walk, but I have to be careful because uh, if I get ten, content in my walk, my walk will get stagnant. I don't know about you, but that's me. And if things get into a rut, and, and a ritual and, and a pattern that's repeated over again. I can, I can 
lose the sense of connectivity. I need to draw near. No other way around it. Get clean. Man, get clean. Your hearts are sprinkled clean from an evil conscience. That's something God does. We've got to get in the water. And our bodies washed with pure water to symbol. Get clarity. Get clarity. Hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. Because he's promised. He wants a relationship with you. How are you doing on clarity? Is your faith cloudy, confused? Is it clear? Do you have clarity in your faith, in your, your beliefs, your convictions? Get committed. Learn how to encourage, stimulate, prompt discipleship, faithfulness in, in your brothers and sisters in Christ, encouraging each other. Real simple. Get confident. You can do that. Get closer. You can. Get clean. You know, if there's something between you and God, a barrier, uh, what does 1 John 1, 9 say? What do you do? You confess. Confess. And say, Abba, Father, forgive me, cleanse me. And what does he do with that? He cleanses you from what? A little bit? All unrighteousness. Get clarity. Focus in. Settle it up. Sometimes you've got to remind ourselves of the facts. And then get committed. Remember, we're still in the game for the long haul. It's not a temporary, weak kind of faith, but a long, long haul faith. So, all right. I've been, ex- I've been so excited about this. You are the body of Christ. Uh, care for yourselves. This text, or maybe other texts of Scripture, that you are um, you're mindful of right now, Holy Spirit stirring in you. How can we live this out in practical ways? Other scriptures you're thinking of, encourage each other. Let's do this. Let's push each other to love and good works. How would we do this as a church? What are things that we, especially in view of isolation, but maybe especially in view of what's going on with uh, the racial tension in our country, in the body of Christ? What are your thoughts? What difference can this make in our lives as people who follow Jesus? Add this, then add that. And I wonder if the, if the author of Hebrews is doing that as well, because when I read those kinds of points above the verses, it seems as though we tend to go backward. We tend to make sure that we're committed, we need to get that clarity, and then we realize we need to be clean, so we can get closer to God, and we need to be confident in being close to Him, whereas the author of Hebrews is almost reversing that and saying, look, we need to start with confidence and being able to say, God, No, Pat, you, you nailed it. And behold, the spiritual gift of teaching. There you go. Is that not genius, what he just said? Think about it. Um, I'm an old Catholic. I want to flip it. Because when I go to God, I want God to go, lucky you, you get Chris Perry. 
I'm such a good guy, you know. I've earned my way to the point of confidence. And God says, no, let's flip it around. I want you to start with grace. And Yes, Pat, you nailed it. By the way, this is very, very um, uh, ordered, very ordered, Pat. Yeah, yeah. It's called paranesis. Yeah, paranetic material, very ordered. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> have you guys settled? Do you have clarity that you're not going to be good enough to earn God's favor? Have, have we settled that one yet? Are we still trying? Storm, okay. Wait, it's a great place to start. That you don't have to clean up your life before you take the bath of grace. What a good place to start. Start from confidence as opposed to fear. Yeah, beautiful. Someone else. Why does this matter? Uh, Chris, may I address? You may, you may. I'm going to use the microphone. Absolutely, absolutely. Good morning. Everybody hear me? Good morning. Hello. <laughs> there you go. During the enforced isolation that we've all been experiencing, had time to think. And golly sakes, I've got a maybe antidote that I'd like to pass on to you, but you that's a privacy. Uh, I was serving in a replenishment ship, which delivered food, fuel, and ammunition. We're in the Indian Ocean, and we are taking care of two carrier battle groups. And we were continuously at sea for 136 days. And I'm here to tell you that after about 92 days, we're looking daggers at each other. We don't want to hear any more stories. We don't even want to talk to each other. During that time frame, we had one day off. We would do one carrier battle group, and then we would rush out and refill from an oiler and a storage ship, and then we would turn around and do the other carrier battle group. We were really, really tired. And I'm here to tell you, I would rather do that again than miss Christ's church. On the 17th of May, which was a Sunday, was the one year passing of my bill. And I can't tell you how much I wanted to be here because of the support and the love I get from Christ Church. Uh, it was so very important to me, just as this church is. And we need to recognize that having the ability to gather and to worship and to praise God the Father is such a privilege. And it needs to be defended 
and it needs to be held close. As it says down there, hold fast. Hold fast to your faith. Hold fast to the body of Christ. And enjoy this gathering that we have the privilege of doing. Mm. Thank you very much. Thank you, Terry. Terry. So I, I, don't, I don't want us to miss what he said. Do you understand that Gala was the love of his life? And the, I mean, like, they're, they're two kids in love for years. Did everything together, right? You lost your gala, and you, didn't, and you weren't allowed to meet as a church. That creates a hole in his heart. Now, Daniel just lost, lost Pops, a grandfather that functioned as a dad, got a hole in his heart. Do you realize that you're a part of the answer to these wounds? Do you understand that? Now, guess what? Madison's great with child, Okay. She's going to have a baby in October. How beautiful is that? Okay? So we've got death on one end, and we've got the promise of birth and hope on the other end. Just, you guys are here. Thank you. It's so good to see you guys. So um, you get the full spectrum. Makes sense? We need each other to celebrate both ends of the spectrum of uh, what God is accomplishing in our lives and what's happening. We need each other. We do. We do. Thank you, Terry. And at, you know, at the end of the service, that's, that's when we're going to take care of business. So, someone else, why does this matter? Anybody? Uh, Chris? Yes, I'm thinking about the comments and that's not the strongest. Um, the only person I can think of who has that kind of confidence to start bold is a kid asking their parents for a glass of water at 2 a.m. <laughs> Phoebe has lots of confidence. Kirby, there's so much wisdom in that. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. Yeah. We were, we were having dinner together as a family and yesterday, and Phoebe and Isaiah and Caroline was there, and Rebecca and Stephen was working so hard. By the way, David Ford has worked so hard to help get things set up and running. Appreciate David. And... Caroline and Isaiah and Phoebe, it seems like they had to out-talk each other as they were just peppering Rebecca with more want, you know, more want. And then, and then Phoebe is so articulate, she goes, uh, pee-pee toilet? So it's like, I gotta go potty, like right now, come on. And that's how she says it, toilet? And, and, and Kirby, you're right, she does it with reckless abandon. Like the idea that, that mom really loves her and mom really cares? Daddy really cares? Can you imagine being so at peace with your relationship with God that you could confidently believe you could bother him with your stuff and he not be mad at you for it? Yeah. So that's grace. That's beautiful. Someone else on why this matters, how we live this out. Anybody? 
Thank you, Michelle. Romans 12. Beautiful. Was there someone else uh, going to say something before I pray? Okay. All right. Boy, this has been so good. And you have been so encouraging to me to be a part of this. Uh, we're going to worship and uh, sing love songs to our Savior. And that is beautiful. So let me pray. And we'll get our hearts ready to worship. Abba, Father, thank you for every person that's here. Thank you for Patch reminding us that this thing starts with grace and it ends with grace. We don't earn our way or muscle our way into a good relationship with you. We begin with your grace and your love. Thank you for what Kirby said, that we can have confidence just like a child. Lord, thank you for these things and the way you love us. Thank you for Terry, um, cares so much and wants to share his heart with us. Uh, Lord, we've got a lot of catching up to do right now. But first, we want to sing to you and, and somehow say thank you. Would you bless our worship, please? In Jesus' name, amen.